You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today's focus is uh, the parable which was just read, and in it, it is spoken directly to you, and it hits home with every one of us. Jesus is talking to you about work and rewards. He is speaking directly to you about getting what is deserved and about getting what is promised. The point Jesus is making, though, is that He doesn't need you to work. He's telling you He is so kind that in spite of your work, He is still going to pay you. Jesus is going to reward you with a wage that you haven't earned. He's focusing on His generosity and the fact that you don't get what you deserve. Now in the text, Jesus is telling this parable this parable to His disciples because His crucifixion and His death are drawing near. He's approaching the end of His journey. He's approaching his uh, the cross which He is going to bear. Jesus is going to the grave and knows that the disciples are going to be the future teachers. With this in mind, and knowing their sinful nature, Jesus knows that it would be easy for them to think that they are somehow better than those who might come later to believe in Jesus. They have been in the vineyard with Him and have been working with Jesus from the beginning. And their sinful nature is going to tell them that since they've been there longer, since they've worked harder, that maybe they should be given something extra. Their nature is going to tell them that maybe they should get a bonus check for all the time they've been working. With all this in mind, Jesus gives them this parable so that they won't think that they have earned anything. Jesus is speaking directly to their natural tendency to think that they can earn a reward from God in heaven. So also, in Matthew's account, Jesus is speaking directly to you. Jesus is speaking to your natural inclination that your works earn you heaven or a greater level of heaven. Your sinful nature will even tell you that now that you're a Christian, you're somehow better. And the problem with this line of thinking is that when you think your works are good or are earning you something, well, that's when that happens, that's when what was a good work now becomes sin. Because works are for the good of your neighbor. Your works are for your neighbor. When works become self-serving or something you do for your own betterment, then it becomes sin. Anytime you think you're earning something in heaven, you better repent. When you look at yourself and see good outside of salvation, outside of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, you are being deceived. The problem with this is when you look at works for merit, you think that, that something good can come from you rather than a gift from God. Now, now you, you do deserve a reward for your works. You do. 
but it's not what you expect. You want to see what you deserve, what your works have earned for yourself? All you have to do is look into the face of death. For the wages of sin is death. Romans 6, 23. Death is the payment for your works. If you want a reward check for what you do, here's cancer, here's pneumonia, here's a tumor, here's a disease. These are all things. These are the checks that you have earned. Keep this in mind the next time somebody gets sick, somebody dies, sometimes when there's a war, when you get an infection, when you're crying, when there's a family torn apart. This is what we deserve for sin. This is what you have earned. No one deserves or earns the gift of heaven. Now you know exactly what Jesus is talking about in the end of the parable when He says, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Well, if that wasn't enough, now Jesus is going to let, let you and the disciples really have it. When Jesus tells us about, about those grumbling, he's, he's pointing out what they're focusing on. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. This little portion of the parable, Jesus points out that those who are grumbling are more aware of the other workers and when they came into the vineyard or what they're doing than the wage that they were promised. Now tell me this doesn't hit home. Have we ever heard the statement, did you hear about, oh, oh so-and-so? Did you hear about what they're doing? Yeah, they're working, you know, as, as being part of the church. They shouldn't be doing things like that. Did you hear about this or that? Or, or even consider, consider those who come to, come to faith later in life. Satan loves to make you think that you've missed out on something fun by being a Christian. Or, or he even will take it and twist it and make you think that because you haven't taken part in these sinful things as this other person may have, you might be a little bit holier or a little bit better in the Christian faith than they are because you haven't done these horrible things. Another example could be like somebody who's converted right before they die, like a deathbed conversion. Satan will love nothing more than to come to you and say, well, look at that. Boy, that's not fair. Look at all the fun things he got to do in his life. Look look at what he did. Didn't have to go to church on Sunday. Didn't have to give any of his money to the church. Didn't give any offerings. And that guy still gets heaven? He gets the same pay as you, same reward as you? And he didn't do anything? Well, that's not fair. So here you see Satan trying to... This is his attempt to get you to do what Jesus is talking about in verse 15. Jesus says, Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? Satan is trying to distract you from the generosity of salvation 
and making it seem as though heaven is something to be earned. Now Satan knows distraction is his best tool. That's one of the best things he can do. Disguise himself as the light. Distract you from Jesus Christ and His cross. Because if if He can distract you from the generosity of the Lord, He knows that if you're focusing on the Lord, you will increase in faith and love. And He doesn't want this. The point is, is in this, and Satan knows this, that, that creation should serve the Lord and work for Him, whether there's payment or not. Heaven taken into consideration or not, creation should serve the Lord and be obedient to Him. All creation owes the Lord perfect obedience, for He is the author and sustainer of the whole universe. The only thing the Lord is obligated or compelled to give us is what we deserve for disobedience. <laughs> and, and Satan knows this. And so, so the Lord does this in a perfect way that Satan doesn't want you to focus on. We all know disobedience can't go unpaid. It can't. So, so Jesus steps in and He takes the payment that you deserve. He takes that punishment that you owe. He takes it. He cashes your check. The wages of sin is death, both physical and eternal. Because of Jesus' death on the cross, you don't have to experience eternal death. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the parable, Jesus tells the disciples and you, He doesn't owe you anything. The only thing the Lord owes is punishment for disobedience. So He has received that. He has received what you owe and gives you His wages. He gives you His perfect obedience. Jesus tells you to let, let this be your focus. Let that be what you look at so you don't despise His generosity. So He wants us to focus on His generosity. So let's explore the generosity of the Lord. There is more than enough in His generosity to keep our mind completely occupied. The fact that He died for you And punishment you deserve, He carried to the cross so that you would be given the gift, the wage of salvation. It's very profound. And it should totally consume our time. But often it doesn't. I mean, Jesus could have called to be rescued from the cross. I mean, He did not have to go to that cross. He is holy and perfect. He never sinned, never had to die. But He does it because of you. Because of your salvation. Because of His love for you. 
You are given this great gift of salvation. And instead of dwelling on this gift and being grateful for what you've received, you often start comparing gifts. You often start looking at what others are doing or how shiny their gift is or how clean they've kept their gift. Or you're looking to, looking at your neighbor to see when he got his gift. When did he come to faith versus when did I come to faith? Because some reason Satan loves to make you think that because you've been in the faith longer, your faith's better. Instead of focusing on the gift, you start comparing gifts. The point is, Jesus tells you to keep your eyes on your own gift. Focus on the kindness He poured out on you. And when you, and then even, even when you can't and you start comparing gifts, let this remind you that He died for that as well. You see how great His generosity is? He's been so generous to save you. And that should be enough. But when we can't focus on it like we should, when, when we even maybe take for granted His cross and what He has done, He forgives us for this too. Now focus on that. His generosity is so amazing that Satan will do anything, anything to distract and tempt you in any way to draw your attention away from this. <laughs> Going further into his generosity. His generosity is so great that even when you want rewarded for your new Christian life, for your new obedience, even when you come to faith and you start thinking you're doing good and maybe you could be blessed or rewarded for what you've done, he won't do it. When distracted from your generosity, from His generosity, and when you want extra for your works, He is so generous that He won't do that. He won't look at that desire. Jesus doesn't look at you, at your sins. He sees His perfect Son and His perfect obedience. Now keep this in mind. Because this is very important. If, if your Lord sees you as perfect and sinless as Jesus is, if God, who has every right to keep track of sins, to mark sins and keep a tally, doesn't do it with you, He sees you all as Jesus, perfect, holy, then how dare we compare ourselves to our neighbors? Because when we're comparing ourselves to our neighbors, we're looking at works. We're looking at sins. We're taking inventory on what we might be doing versus what somebody else is doing. And if your Lord who has every right to do this doesn't do it, then how can we? How can we? Again, you see Jesus' generosity. So that even when you can't do this, He died to forgive that exact thing. He died for that as well. So the whole point is take comfort in the generosity of the Lord. Be comforted in the fact that He doesn't give you what you deserve or even oftentimes want. 
He pays you and all your brothers and sisters out there the same wage. He pays you with the wage of salvation that Jesus won on your behalf. When Satan or your sinful natures tell you that this isn't enough, be comforted that you're forgiven for that too. Let this parable comfort and draw you back to the great gift of salvation that has been given to you. Let the Word of God comfort you and take your eyes off the other laborers in the vineyard and put them back on your Savior and back on His cross because He went there for you. Jesus says to you, Jesus says to you and Peter before He's crucified, Do you not think that I cannot appeal to my Father and He will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would Scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? It's a great, great little text. This points out that Jesus willingly and graciously goes to the cross for you. He could have called angels down to rescue Him. But he didn't because of you, because of his love for you. Let this gift be your focus. Let this gift of salvation be your joy. Let this kindness motivate you and your love. Because of Jesus and his death, you don't get what you deserve, you get forgiveness, you get mercy. You get the undeserved grace of the death of God. Not a wage to be earned, but a gift that is given to you. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 9.15, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 10.45 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.